oh, look at me, I'm editing inside Vim. <laughs> And welcome back to another episode of the Refactored Podcast, where it's our goal here to suck a little less every day. My name is Chris Tonkinson. And my name is Frank Cole. And this is episode number 73, recorded June 28th, 2022. I want to I want to fight. I want to oh, fight today. Do I just like feisty. pull the bell? Just like right now? Right away. Right, pull but the bell out. I don't know if we'll fight with each other, but somebody's oh. going to want to fight it. Okay. I'm, I'm calling you on the mat here. All Tabs right. or spaces. <laughs> <laughs> you really do want to fight i mean you could not pick a more holy of holy I, wars oh i've got others but i want to know tabs or spaces <laughs> uh i i i'm spaces i like spaces your spaces two I or four spaces two what's your tab with sets of two spaces. two so if and if i do tab if if i'm using a project where the rules are set for me my my editor will do a space equivalent of Two t- of two spaces. Like my space equivalent gotcha. tab distance is two spaces. I think four is ridiculous. That is, you you run out of you run out of horizontal real estate really fast with with four. I I think. Well, but but if your cyclomatic complexity is that deep, then yeah, you've already got yeah, a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. <laughs> how about I just want to? How how about I like being able to just vertically scan? You know, satisficing. You know, don't make me think. Yeah. Just you know. Scan the yeah, four does four does seem a little too four I, is excessive. for what it's worth for what it's worth. I'm also two spaces myself. So oh, okay. we're actually aligned on oh, this. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Mm, interesting. The reason I, I brought that up and I, there's other things we can fight about, uh, but there's one other. Uh, so I know you uh, I know you prefer you're you're in sublime. I am. A, I'm day, a plain right? to I am a plain text editor fan. Yes. OK. Mm-hmm. OK. Uh, when you're on when you're doing some remote administration or something like that. OK. Uh, Vim or Emacs. I usually do Vim simply because chances are very good if the system will have Vim. Emacs seems to be more hit or miss. So I, and I don't like when I'm doing, I do not enjoy uh, when I'm doing remote administration on systems, actually installing packages, especially for the Mm -hmm. purposes of editing stuff remotely. Now these days with, you know, going for more ephemeral systems, set up and tear down cattle over pets, I shouldn't be doing the fact that I'm touching the box at all is usually a really bad yeah. sign and I need to go back and change something else. But, um, so Vim, but to answer your so, question, so Vim. you, so you've, I, I'm just going to put words in your mouth. My, my assumption is you have, uh, you've been forced over the years to learn just enough Vim yes. to be able to change a oh few characters <laughs> and exit yes. the program. So yes. It, and and sometimes I get, it does not take much to hit the threshold where I go, how the hell do I do this now? And I have to go back and I've got to do some quick Google searches to find the shortcut. How do I get out of this? How do I do? Uh, God help me if I need to copy and paste things. I'm screwed. <laughs> I'm just totally screwed. I uh, yeah. open, yeah. open, delete, insert save and close is pretty much yeah that's pretty much where i'm at that's the stuff i have memorized at this point everything else is a is a mystery wrapped in an enigma all you everybody all you if you don't if you don't know vim all you need to know is escape colon q damn it that's it that's all you (laughs) 
Oh man. So I was watching we we talked um we talked about by the way, for what it's worth, uh, I also uh, I'm Vim, but I I actually oh. use Vim for development. Like I actually like Vim. I'm one of those freaks. You um, are a weird like, yeah, you weirdos, yeah. man. And you see these you see these videos on YouTube all the time of these uh, you know, these these people who are, you know, demonstrating code or something like that, and they're like, Oh, look at me, I'm editing inside Vim. And it's like you, you all wear this like a badge of honor because you, you know, oh, I'm editing in 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 Vim with super obtuse, you know, ancient runes like our forefathers, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just as our forefathers had designed it. You know, you're doing this this soft nerd flex that nobody cares about but you. Do not cite the deep magic to me, which I was there when it was written. No, so that's actually funny. The reason I bring it up, um, we talked, uh, what, a couple of weeks ago about UX, mm -hmm. right? And, yeah. and we kind of, scratched the surface even. I don't even know if we got all the way through the clear oh, coat huge, on that one, right? Huge um, iceberg, yeah. Remember cuz we had a car analogy, you see what I mm -hmm, just did there? You mm -hmm. like that, Frank? You yeah, see what you see back. what that you see what yeah, that was? A little yeah, call, little call back there. We did a little did a little reference there. <laughs> so, um uh so the point is, uh we had that discussion and like a couple of days later I found um, I ran across a YouTube video of this guy kind of explaining like why Vim. Um, I was looking for something and I ran across it. You know, I clicked on it because it looked interesting and I'm a sucker. Um, but the way he opened it was actually a really reasonable like, hey, maybe you should give it a second thought. And and his argument was pure UX. Believe it or not, UX. here's a guy. Here's a guy making an argument for Vim because of the user experience. And this is this was his insight. And I think I wanted I wanted to get your I'll I'll find the video, I'll post it in the I look look for it before the show. I couldn't bring it back up, but I'll find it and I'll I'll post it in the show notes. Um I think it was like a 20 minute video. Most of it he spends just explaining here's how you do things in like here's a sampling of what vim is capable of um and they're all super trivial examples like if you look at a surface level you say oh yeah i could just do a regex find and replace even like don't if, if you're gonna watch the video don't look at the specific examples think about like what they demonstrate and, mm -hmm. and how much more right <clears throat> anyway right. how is this guy arguing for vim based on user experience and i want your your opinion on this okay he lays out a spectrum and he says with any application any software that we use there is a spectrum between discoverability and expressiveness these are his this is his term this is now i don't know if he got this from somewhere but he's the first one i heard saying it so i'm gonna i'm gonna credit him um and he said, with a, with a GUI editor, you're talking about a Visual Studio, you're talking about a VS Code, Sublime, you know, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you have high discoverability. If you don't know what you're looking for, if you don't know where to find the functionality, you've got, me you've got menus to browse, you've got the command palette, right? What is it? Command shift P. And you just type in the thing that you want and magically it will suggest to you the options available, right? Very mm -hmm. high discoverability, which means um, a very, a very uh, easy learning curve because you can get in, you can start using it right away. If you don't know where something is, it's easy to find. Mm -hmm. Makes it very easy to adopt. The problem is after you learn it, which is really quick, you are at the level of efficacy that you can reach with the tool. 
you can't do anything more complex than what it is prepackaged to allow you to do. On the expressiveness side of the spectrum, and I'm thinking Vim, I'm thinking Emacs, things like this, mm -hmm. discoverability is really low. If you don't know what you're doing, uh, RTFM, like go to Google. You, you, yeah, you like, have to. There's no easy yeah. way to explore, right? Um, but putting in the time to learn how the system works, then later on, once you've learned the system and you need to do something complicated, like, oh, uh, let's say he uses an example where he's got like, he's got like a, um, a list of numbers, let's say, and it's like number space, other number space, other, just, just a row of numbers with space separation. Mm -hmm. Well, what happens if I want to turn this into a comma separated list of strings, each on a new line? Uh, these are things that you can do with other editors. I'm not, you know, the, the Vim is not unique. It, and his, his arguments, by the way, they apply likewise to Emacs. Uh, sure. I, I don't, I don't really know anything about Emacs other than I didn't like it, but, um, you know, his, his point is like sublime Adam, whatever, actually Adam's decom. I don't know if Adam is dead. Adam's dead, which yeah. I feel like we predicted like a month ago. Like, how is that still a thing? VS code ate its lunch eons ago. It feels it, like it was never very efficient. And yeah, VS code did eat it. And then, um, I mean, the nail in the coffin was GitHub being acquired by Microsoft. Microsoft's not going to well, then itself. So, well, but they, they announced that the same day that the, was the creator or the lead on the Adam project announced he was starting a new editor project built in Rust. Yeah. I mean, like coincidence, like, of course. Not. I mean, no, no, I think I th personally, I think this whole, like, uh, everything in Chromium experiment is, mm. is coming to an end. I think people I hope are starting so. to get a little sick of all the, the keyboard lag and the display re-rendering issues and all the, like, that's just, they just don't perform well in general. I think that experiment is starting to, to, to correct a little bit. Anyway, that's, that's beside the point. So the guy makes the argument that you can do incredibly complex and powerful things with Vim. Um, once you learn the system, once you know what you want to do, uh, it, it's specifically designed to allow you to basically do anything you want with a few keystrokes. You got to mm -hmm. put in the time to learn it. So his, his, his whole thesis is on this, again, the, the, the discoverability to expressiveness spectrum. Vim is all the way cranked to the expressiveness side. It's really hard to learn, but then you're kind of only bound by your imagination in terms of how efficient you can be manipulating the text mm. very, very quickly, very succinctly um, once you learn. So that was kind of the scale he laid out. I wonder. I wondered because I know you do not like these these text ed these uh, these these console editors. Console I wonder editors, how that yeah. how that argument hits you. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm stepping aside from the, we can talk about, you know, console editing, uh, separately, um, because I, I actually don't think that that really necessarily applies to my, my counter here. Um, I like the, I like the scales that he's talking about, uh, yeah. uh ex give me the terms again, expressiveness and discoverability, discoverability. Okay. So mm -hmm. really cool way to lay it out. He describes it as a sliding scale between, you know, on either end. And it's so it's it's one measure and it's it's those two things in tension. Yeah, he 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 one dimensionalizes he one -dimensional. this uh trade-off. Right. So yeah. my counter argument to that is that is a that to me is poor design because it doesn't need to be a trade-off. You can do both of those things. So I don't see a single scale. I see two different um sliders that you can crank up and down. So Vim, for example, has the discoverability turned off 
and has expressiveness cranked to 11. Okay. I, why can't you have both very strong? Uh, I'm going to use Sublime because you were already talking about it. Mm-hmm. You've got the command palette, which is A really- Sublime, by the way. If you've not looked at, I'm I'm an advocate for Visual Studio. I'm an advocate for VS Code. I'm an advocate for Sublime, and I'm an advocate for Vim. Like mm-hmm. if you've not tried all four of those things, yeah, I think give you're doing yourself a disservice. They're 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 all great in their own way. Yeah, I mean it's it's just like any other tool. You know, having the right tool in the toolbox, yeah. picking the right tool for the job. Um, but Sublime has this. You mentioned the command palette where you type in a key a, a, a keyword, it pulls up a a, a search mm-hmm. bar, and you can type yeah. in damn near anything and find the command, the function, whatever Mm -hmm. to do the thing. Yeah. But it also has an extremely robust keyboard shortcut set too, that you can actually go ahead and customize. And it it can be just as fulsome as this, the keyboard settings in Vim. The only distinction here is the discoverability. Sublime has a higher level of discoverability than Vim and did not have does not have to sacrifice the expressiveness. So I don't see that, them on a sliding true, scale. Though? I think that's a false. I think that's a false dichotomy. I think that that's you know. I think two is things that can true, be true though. Once. Like there's nothing. There's nothing in the command. Whether you're VS Code or Sublime doesn't really matter. There's nothing in the command palette that lets me delete the third word on a line. I mean, delete the third word. Okay, you know what? Let's do it. Let's do an exercise. Let's let's do a. Like I can tell you, I can tell uh, you what you're going to do in, I can tell you what you're going to do in Sublime. If I, if you say, okay, your cursor's at the, at the front of a line, mm-hmm. you want to delete the third word of that, the third token of that line. Okay. I can tell you what you're going to do. Uh, what is it? Control, control right arrow, right arrow, arrow sh- control, then hold delete. shift and right arrow and delete or, or control, control, delete, right? The control, delete either cl- deletes the whole line or deletes the whole, or deletes the word. There's one for the whole, or, from the cursor to the end of the line. And then there's another one or for what the is, cursor to the end of the word. So. Yeah. Or, or what is the, what is the command palette to jump up two paragraphs? Two paragraphs. I don't know if there's one specifically for two paragraphs. It would be like control up twice or something like right. that. But I, but what I don't know, so I see where you're going with this, and I'm assuming Vim has shortcuts that would allow you to actually directly jump twice or to, from no. the cursor being at the start so like, of the line, delete just the third word. You can do that. Right. So it's either it's either uh, uh, control or shift. No, I don't even think it. it's uh, uh, curly brace. Mm-hmm. Uh, an opening curly brace jumps you back a paragraph and an open curly, a closed curly brace jumps you forward a paragraph. Okay. So you could do, um, so it's the shift, uh, it's the shift bracket. Um, yeah. Key that, that jumps you up and down paragraphs. Okay, cool. I, I don't so, know if it's shift bracket. I, cause I'm like on this weird modified Dvorak thing. I like, it's just muscle memory at this point. <laughs> um, so what I don't know is if it's possible, you know, to there, there's a whole bunch of commands and functionality in Sublime that is not bound um, that you can that you might be able to create shortcuts for like they're not set by default. Um, right. uh, but the difference you already hear that 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 you already hear the cracks forming in either argument though, right? Oh, mm. there there might be, but I don't know what they are. So it's advanced stuff that you don't know how to get to. Well, what you've your- got to create it. What Vim gives you is like it's it it what it gives you is primitives for navigating and manipulating text. You can add, you can delete, you can move up, down, left, right. Those are the primitives. And then it provides you 
kind of like a little emulator where you can just invent your own crazy concoctions to do the things you need to do in a particular circumstance. Okay, so I think right. it is more flexible. Well, hold on a second here. So let's go. Let's go with your third word thing again, real quick. So um, you mentioned uh, paragraph. All right, you mentioned paragraph. So it would be the curly brace, which means you're pushing and holding shift and using curly brace. That's two keys. Okay, if I want to mm-hmm. go up a paragraph in Sublime, I hold Control and up arrow, two keys. So there's no right. difference there in efficiency. They're just different key bounds. Um, Again, the, that's a surface-level analysis because third, if I want to jump three paragraphs, your argument loses. How? You're pushing the, you're pushing the brace, brace button three times. You're holding no, the No, I'm not. Brace. No, what I don't. I don't, push, I don't push open brace. I push three open brace, and you're it pushing, will jump me back three paragraphs. Because you're pushing the number three, and then you're holding shift and the bracket key to bring up the brace, right? Is that it? Uh, if I... You would push three, three, and then because brace and brace. bracket share a key, and so bracket yeah. is bracket is without shift. Brace is the again. Shift I on my keyboard on my keyboard it's the same key. I don't hold shift. If I tap it, it gives me a, a square brace, mm-hmm. square bracket. Yeah. If I hold it, it gives me an a curly brace. So yeah, I guess oh, it, it would be a- on a normal like on a normal <laughs> standard keyboard. It would be you. Long, uh, you have long and short holds to do shift modifiers, huh? They call it, uh, I think they call it tap dance. I forget what it's the, called, but yeah, there's, it's, it's, it's basically auto shift. So, yeah, that's, so not on Dvor- any of my, that's not Dvorak. That's not Vim. This is, this no, that's is a, QMK. Yeah, this is your, that's this is QMK. Your, yeah, this is your keyboard. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can that's go actually, so my deep error, on this stuff. My you typing really error rate dropped considerably. My typing errors now are capitalization accidentally. <laughs> like like calibrating calibrating the weight in milliseconds between what's a tap and what's a hold <laughs> is the is the like that's the knob to turn to try to get it to the right feel. Jeez, that's hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty um, cool. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, so if I want to jump back three paragraphs, it's it's three keystrokes. Uh, letter three, number three, letter mm-hmm. three, number three, and then shift bracket to give me a. a a, a curly brace. Gotcha. Okay. And so, or if it was five or 10, right. And right? so That's, exponentially, you see where I'm going with that. So, right. Okay. All right. All right. Exponentially. I see what you're, you're saying there and you're, you're right. I would have to do what control up arrow 10 times or something like that. Mm-hmm. However, a counter argument to that is the usefulness, the actual real world utility of that beyond I'll say in air quotes, a certain point. You know, the, the, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. go with a legal definition. Here. No, I'm not. I'm not like, jumping up 94 paragraphs. Exactly. Right? A, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even and I would even argue 10 paragraphs. I mean, do you really given especially for a text for a for a console based text editor, you know, which tends to be pretty uh, narrowly constrained, both vertically and horizontally on the amount of text you see on the screen at any one time? Do you really know where you're going when you go up and, 10 paragraphs? By the way, if you're uh, if you're in code all day and you don't have a portrait oriented monitor oh, for so that ish, it. like you need to adjust your life choices. <laughs> I'm just going to say that out loud. Yeah, when I when when uh, when I discovered that, I I never went back. I have uh, oh yeah, I've got the I've got a 4K in the middle now, and I have two portraits on either side. Now most I'm I'm doing more management these days, so only one of them has code. 
Um, uh, and the other one yeah. is kind of a, a, a command command and control console kind of thing. But uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. When I was hardcore coding, I had the two of them side by side and I would, mm-hmm. I would do split screen. So I would have four sets of code and basically turn, you know, split it in half. Each screen had, you know, one almost whole file. I could fit so much code on my screen. It was the best. <laughs> it was so good. Um, so there is, I would say there's a limit to that utility because, you know, do you really know where you're going at the 10th one? Because you're just sort of making a guess. Whereas if I'm, you know, control upping, you know, I'm I'm seeing where I'm going as I go and I'm going to know exactly where I'm going when I get there. Um, you know, it could be 10, it could be five, it could be 20, um, you know. And so you guessed 10. Oh, I'm off by a few. So, you know, five brace, five open brace and, you know, go a few more and see if, see if you end up there. Um, so you're so you're not wrong. Like I, I am not so, aware that, of that shortcut being available, but I'm not sure right, how but, useful but applies, that is either. Right, but it but it but it but it applies to anything I want to do at the paragraph level. Okay. Right. So if I wanted to delete the previous paragraph, mm-hmm. right, that's D open brace mm-hmm. done. Yeah. Right. If I wanted to move it, if I wanted to copy it, if I like at the character level. At the line level, at the paragraph level, or at the whole file level, mm-hmm. the simple primitives of insert, delete, or you know, copy, yeah. paste, modify, whatever, they apply. And it's it's a it's a it's a toolkit for manipulating text. That's all it does. That's what it's designed to do. And it's designed to do it in a way that you can not to lean on this guy's language too much, although I, I think it's it's valid. I like it. It's good. You language. can express anything that you want to do really really quickly mm-hmm. and really efficiently um and i think once you start to see it it's not really like a matrix moment because it's still there are times and i think it's probably i don't know maybe it's because i'm i'm not coding that much these days uh there are still times where i reach for the mouse like i you know i want to i gotta i do that. have to think think for a second before i um before i i can figure out how to do what i want to do so there, there certainly is that, but I'm not coding. You know, if I was coding every day, I think that just burns in. But the, I, I think his point though, discoverability versus expressiveness, the, the way he, the way he positioned it, I think I'm, I, I, like, I think I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with him. The highly discoverable systems that you can customize them to add in the other things you want them to do, but they're not going to be composable in the same way that that vim can compose things based on mm-hmm. these primitives and repetition and and you know you introduce macros and things and it gets even crazier right um, right i don't know but but from a ux standpoint his argument was yeah you'll start off really slow and you'll start off kind of frustrated but as time goes on you're like your skill and efficacy at modifying the text just continues to increase over time mm-hmm. whereas with the the highly discoverable editors you do cap out right because there's yeah. only so much you can do right i mean he's it's uh it would almost be analogous to a uh, somebody who's used to a, a gui based system and navigating through menus and things like that then being introduced to the console of the of the Computer, yeah. And then learning to navigate the console and do things at the console level. Um, I remember going through that growth curve 
uh, early on in my career. And uh, now I, I freaking love consoles. That's the, it's the best yeah. way to get anything done, but you've got to know well, how to do what you're doing when you know, say, no, so you're, it's the same you're absolutely right. The yeah, same thing same applies. Idea. Let's take, let's take, uh, 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 Linux to Windows system administration. Sure. Exact same in my mind, exact same thing applies. And for all of the exact same reasons, a hundred percent. Yep. One is super discoverable and you just fumble your way around and you can new to a system within minutes, you can find your way to what it is you went there, even search things to help you find your way to what you want to do. Right. But then if you've got to, if you've got to do that 10 times, there's no quicker way to do it, right? You, right. You have to go through is, the screens like 10 times. Yes, there's, you know, uh, um, uh, SCCM and D, what do they call it? Uh, DSC and all these. But but you're going back to code. You're going back to files. Uh, you're going back to more of a, a Linux-like mentality in oh, terms yeah, of sysadmin and command and control uh, versus Linux. Okay, great. Now you have, you know, root and uh, root tilde. What do you do now? <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> type. Type. Go. Oh God. Please help me. That's syntax error. Yeah. Right. Now, now what? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, so uh, hold, hold on a second. Uh, phrasing. You mentioned two acronyms there that I actually didn't. Uh, D DSC. Oh, what DSC you- is a is a PowerShell module for um uh uh, uh d- d- um configuration management for the for the fisher price os it's it stands for desired state configuration okay um so it's uh, i mean it's what like it a, is it's it's a it's salt like a, or a puppet but in powershell gotcha okay um, so it's like a kitty version of one of those for windows specifically you know what the more i use powershell i i like it oh like powershell's got good a, as a as a platform for programming it's it's not bad powershell it's, pretty, it's pretty cool stuff pretty i cool loved stuff. it like they took they took the idea that like oh you just pipe things together and then they said, but what if you're not piping text? What if you're piping objects? What if you're piping like, whole objects? Yeah. That it's was actually, really, I really like the yeah. way they did that. I like the way um, that they do And you can add-ons. tap into all of .NET with it natively. Yeah. That's, it's mm-hmm. really cool. I'm not a, can, I am not a fanboy of Redmond, but that's pretty cool tech for what it is. And the, uh, I like the way that they do, like they have the, the entire built-in add-on ecosystem to it. They have a, you know, there's a set structure to it. So adding your own custom uh, commands that follows a formula that is repeatable functions and they, commandlets. Yeah. yeah. The, yep. the commandlets, that's which the they, term. I mean, they copied, they copied other scripting languages, but they did it well. It but works. They, yeah. You know? But they did it for a con for a CLI. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's that for, it, no. they did programming language stuff for a CLI specifically. Now you can script it up just like you can script bash and anything else, but it's, it's almost like a full pro it, it's much more, it's much closer to a full, you know, Pinocchio, I'm a real boy uh, programming right. language than I think something like like Bash would be. Now, I abhor their syntax. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, it's, Capitals it's rough, with right? dashes, like, what are you doing? You are wasting my damn time with all it's, this extra, with all these extra key presses. Um, some of the syntax is a little awful. awkward. It I is like, a little awkward. I, I, I can conceptually i can get behind the idea of the uh verb noun that they want you to do mm-hmm. on all the commands i can get behind that i don't think it needs to apply all the time though they're very dogmatic about that and then just that syntax of the capital letter 
followed by a dash. Like, hmm, let's take all the case structures and just sort of smash them all together. I'm sure that will be very helpful and everyone would really appreciate that. Well, like, but it's, it's, I don't always find it super consistent, like for each object. Okay. For each is one word. Dash object is a second word. Right. Like that, it's just, it's Mm -hmm. little awkward things to get used. Now, the capital is that you don't have to capitalize them. You don't have, no, 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 you're right. Right. That's, it's it's not case sensitive. In true Microsoft fashion, it's not case sensitive, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You can do caps or lower caps. We don't care. You can do whatever the hell you want. Do whatever you want. Yeah. But the dashes, Um, they expect you to have them. No, yeah, that's, that's part of this. So that there, and there are things that are, there are things that get awkward, certain things about like passing parameters and mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, yeah, like way off, way off, uh, way off topic there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then SCCM, I, f- I forget what that stands for. It's kind of like a, it's like a halfway between, um, it's like a halfway, it's, it's like a, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's a, it's a systems administration. It's like a central command and control for systems configuration and administration. Um, what, what did you say? What did you say? Sierra, Charlie, Charlie, Mike. Is that what you said? SCC. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I forget what it's what it stands for. Right. System control configuration. Whatever it is. Um, Microsoft System Center configuration manager. Yeah, that's what it is. And it is. It's like it's. It it wants to be a configuration management system for your uh, your little domain, your little forest over that you got over there. Your little thing um, over there. Yeah. But it's still, it's 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 awkward. It was like their first attempt. Uh, I think mm. SCC, uh, I think DSC does a really good job at getting to what actually matters. Um, and it's you know backed by PowerShell, and so it it's pretty flexible and extensive. Um, mm. Works works well. Um, okay. Yeah, this is something that yeah. started as Systems Management Server in 1994. So it's definitely got some. <laughs> it's got a little bit of history to it. The yeah, a little bit of history, but the latest version is uh, current as of oh, April it's still 22. Oh, so yeah. it is very much an active oh, yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So I, I, I'm willing to, I'm willing to see the, uh, to see the point that, yeah, I mean, you, with the, you know, with those commands, but I still think that I, I still stand by, I, I'm willing to see that your efficacy with, the sheer depth of keyboard-based shortcutting that's in that's built into something like Vim or Emacs is going to ultimately make uh, a power user very, very powerful over a power user of something that's like um, a VS Code or a Sublime or something like yeah. like that. However, I'm gonna st- I, I'm I'm planting the flag on the notion that discoverability and efficiency are they're not polar opposites. They are not, they are not, uh, increasing one does not decrease the other. I, I think so you, you so could you do suggest- both. I think both are possible. Like in Vim, for example, it would be not an insignificant lift granted. However, it would be entirely possible for them to introduce a command palette and have for every one of those shortcut combinations, a tag label, phrase, word expression of what that, shortcut is and so when i go to you know oh i need to do a thing and i don't know what it is open the shortcut thing do a search and it shows you based on your search input 
you know, here is the shortcut and here's what it does. Here is um, the the variable input because it does, like you said, you did three paragraphs. So there's, you know, there's a variable expression to it. And so exposing quickly that information, I think that 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 is that is a doable thing and it does not in any way sacrifice the efficiency that it's going for so uh, yeah i i don't think that they are mutually exclusive these are these are two complementary things but yeah but, but how would how would that like like deleting the third word on a line okay delete that's okay, so, using so i open that's a, that's using three primitives right so first of all so first of all there's there's um uh, I don't know what they call it, repetition, right? Okay. So, so I want to move to the third word, and then right. I want to delete it, right? right? So, two uh, wdw is the keyboard to to get that done from the beginning of the line, right? Two w says skip ahead two words, mm -hmm. so you're now on the third. Mm -hmm. Dw says delete the word. Okay, yeah. So, so that's it. Would be two wdw to go from the beginning of the line to delete the third, and then your cursor is what was the fourth is now the third word, right? That's that's the state of the world, mm -hmm. like. That's using primitives, repetition, notion of words, and mm -hmm. delete. Like yeah. how would how would a command palette help you there? Like okay. how would you so how how would, would you see that going? This all this all go okay. So you've got you've got primitives. So each one of those is obviously its own entry. You know, um, you know, you've got you. Know, so I would probably even though it's not inherent in the command, something like skip to word, move to word might be the, the, might be the search term phrase. And then I would look for, for delete. I mean, you have all kinds of different options there. You come up with delete word, delete paragraph, delete character, you know, delete but line. This is, but this is all like the, like, this is all Vim Tutor stuff. Like learning how to use it in the first right. place gives you all of the primitives. There's yeah. no, like there's nothing else. W right. is just a concept of a word, just like, uh, just like close brace is the concept of the next paragraph or technically to the end of the current paragraph or next one if you're not in one, right? That's the that's mm -hmm. the semantics. Those are the primitives. Yeah. Like there's no, like you would search for word and it would say press W. Like I, I don't see how a command palette would help you. Well, the I mean, you know, two, two W is a, is a different, like you, you, like W does the next word, right? Like it would advance by one it is, word every like, time you push it, right? Right. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. So so my my search for the definitions here would say, you know, by itself, W advances one word. If you add a number before it, it's going to advance by this number of words. Words as defined by, you know, block of text with a space between it. Yeah, you know? whatever. Yeah. So so you mentioned Vim Tutor. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is kind of tutorish things. And the notion that you have to do a, you would have to go, I'm looking for reference material inside the application so that I don't have to go outside. And so what mm -hmm. form that exactly takes is going to be dependent on the nature of the, the nature of the beast in this particular case, you're going to probably end up with some bare bones descriptions of these primitives and then some examples that show how they actually combine together, which is probably to your point, not unlike what you would get with using some kind of online trainer you, uh, is Vim Tutor well, no, Vim, is a program like, or no Vim Tutor. It's built in. Oh, and it's, it's, built in. it's like a step-by-step. -step, here's oh, well, how you use Vim. So here's how you navigate. Here's how you delete. Here's how you like that's it's so it built already in. has it. Okay. So it already yeah. has oh, yeah. it then. Okay. So, yeah. so but this it's, actually, but it's like a, it's a mode you enter that walks you through in a stepwise fashion, 
how to do things in the editor. It's not like something you bring up in the middle of typing a line to give you advice or, or you know, okay, reference. So then, so then you're so then the notion of discoverability here is is in question because on the one hand, you know, this is already sort of it, it's it's proving my point because it, it it has an effort at discoverability and it has all this effort at, at efficiency and doing one like this the the Vim Tutor does not in any way shortcut or cheapen the efficiency. So you're not losing anything. It's it's net net. Um yeah. the now we're we have some some deeper questions about discoverability because now this this tutor mode, I would have to actually exit my file or I would have to actually have the tutor open on the other side. And well, okay, yeah, what you're tutoring me on right now is all well and good, but I am in this file and I have this express need right now and I want to know how to do this thing. And a tutor is a stepwise process. That's not going to help you. And so some kind of reference documentation might be helpful. Um, I think Google actually does a really good job with this in their Google Sheets platform. Mm-hmm. They have really strong. I haven't, I haven't used it in a while, so I'm they have, what they built. So their documentation for all of their rep, for all their formulas is really, really good. Um, you can basically have the documentation as you're typing up the command. Documentation, just you can have it pop up. And then it, it gives you a short, quick summary. It gives you a, a quick example syntax. And if you want to, you can expand it. It opens in the, uh, it pulls out a, a, a sidebar from the right and gives you deeper details about all the different formats and the different options. It even gives you an expressed demo in there. And so you can have that open sitting there while you're actually crafting your stuff and whatever. Oh, so like if I wanted to do like, you know, equal mean, then when I Uh hit that paren, it's going to say, oh, this function and Mm -hmm. like it doesn't excel. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got you. And it goes into a deeper, it, it does a deep, it gives you quick synopsis. And then it does deep dive or you can turn it off entirely. You don't have to look at any of it. Right. Um, right. But it's my point is that's a perfect example of efficiency and discoverability. You've got a mountain of functions because that's really what spreadsheets are is a, the, 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 they're a function based yeah. programming language is what it is. <laughs> um, and so you have a mountain of functions available. The world is your oyster when you're on that command line inside that cell but if you're not sure where to go, you start typing the, well, you can actually search the methods too. So you can have the documentation right there. You can open the methods and search the methods. Or you could just start typing it and give you a quick refresher because that's what I always do. I always have, like when I do a lot of, uh, when I'm deep development, I always have the docs open in the background. I'm always referring to crap because I don't remember any of that nonsense about syntax for stuff that I you know rarely use. Um, but it's there and I can deep dive it but I'm also not being handcuffed in my um, um, use of use of it. So I don't think that these things are mutually exclusive, but here is where now I'm going to shift gears. This is where I think console editors start to fall down because that UI, that expressiveness of UI is very difficult to do in a fully console based editor. The notion that I would have this, I could have a slide out menu that, you know, describes the syntax and provides examples and, you know, does that is it's possible. I mean, I have seen some, I have seen some console animations and some console stuff that was pretty, 
interesting, but well, they're not animations. I mean, it's all, I, I mean, hell, this stuff is all like VT 100, right? Like this stuff is done all the time. There are tons of plugins for Vim uh, as a vibrant ecosystem for things that will add autocomplete drop downs and hints and all the kind of stuff that you, you know, all, all the kind of stuff that uh, people that have never, ever left Visual Studio uh-huh. think is part of a big boy editor. Like they've been yeah, around yeah. in Vim for 30 years. It's not like, it's not magic to pop a window or an overlay or a sidebar in Vim. There's, there's, I mean, a couple of plugins that I use that have that pop up sidebar info for nav or other things. Um, I'm not, I'm not, dis, I'm not discounting or discrediting that. And I'm aware of, of the, of the plugin architecture that you're talking about. What I'm talking about is a, and, and may, maybe we are back to uh, tabs versus spaces, holy arguments here, but you're um, the ability of the ability to, build that kind of um how should i describe this because uh that kind of visual complexity the ability to build that kind of visual complexity in a purely plain text ecosystem is severely limited versus a versus a gui that has um richer levels of graphical detail so, well, what are you missing, right? So, let's, I'm not saying let's you're pretend, missing anything. Like, let's let's pretend okay. we implemented a console-based spreadsheet. Okay, and these these do exist, cool. and they have existed forever, by yes. the way. Yeah. Um, and I'm in a cell, and I want to take the mean of you know arithmetic average, right? Mean of of some other cells. So I type mm-hmm. equal M E A N. As soon as I pop that parenthesis. What I want is a tooltip on the line above that says mean, first parameter name, comma, second parameter name, comma, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and then I want a sidebar that gives me a little example. And I want some stuff at the bottom that tells me, I don't know, it gives me some other options like okay. all of that. And I can bold and underline and change foreground mm-hmm. and background colors. All of these, like there's nothing that from what you're described, what I, I mean, I'm in Excel a lot of every day right uh or what you're saying about google sheets like is it still called google sheets by they the just docs? Yes, Didn't they rebrand their, again their, their names are their their product names are pretty bad in their in their office suite, whatever the issue it's called these days um it's, it's it's sheets sheets like there's no now if you want to show a picture all right mm-hmm. yeah it's a text-based console application you're not going to render like although you can you're not going to render yeah not in VT100. You're going to get ASCII art at best, right? That's, right. All, you, that's all you're going to have. Um, but like outside of actual JPEGs, pings, mm-hmm. outside of, 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 of literal rasterized imagery, what are you not able to do? You're not. Okay, so let me be clear. I'm not saying you can't do it. What I'm saying is take, the, take your scenario, okay, and you build the best possible version of that in a mm-hmm. text editor. Okay. I don't care what it is. It's the best possible version. It's the most visually descriptive, the most informative, the most useful of that in the ecosystem of a text, plain text editor. Okay. And then you compare that to the same process. We're talking spreadsheets here. So take your plain text sheet, uh, mm-hmm. spreadsheet, compare it to, Google Sheets or Excel and doing the same. It's the same stepwise process, starting a method, uh, starting to write a function. And then I'm presented with 
you know, an introduction of the, of the, the right. function and right. you know, so yep. on and so forth. Okay. Same exact process. And now in the GUI based visual environment, building the best possible version of that functionality that you can mm-hmm. achieve given the, um, given the, uh, given the, media. Your, the medium and the, the tools at your disposal. Okay. You do those two things, best possible version in both, both systems. One side plain text, one side GUI. Okay. I would argue 99 times out of 100, the GUI side is going to be net positive, more effective, and um, easy. When I say effective, yeah, you got to be real careful about what superlatives you're about to sling. Because I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I'm going to come after you if you misspeak. Right. Yeah. Right, because I can't say, you know, the most beautiful because there are console nerds who's like, oh, I think this is the best looking. Thing. So it's not that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's that um, it's it's kind of like the 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 um, uh, the the court's definition of porn. You know, it when you see it. Right. There is a right. you can't you can't deny the level of expressiveness and. um. Uh, not efficiency, but clarity and expressiveness of the data in the GUI format. Again, we are assuming best possible because you can build some ugly ass stuff in both. So the expressiveness yeah, in my of the mind GUI here. Side so this is, is where I'm. This is where you're losing me a little bit there because you're mm-hmm. seeing all the same information in all the same parts of the screen. You have all of the same options, I all would, of the same things available to you. I would argue like, it's faster from. So I would argue that it would be faster for me to consume and to understand on the GUI side than on the, um, than on the, uh, uh, so when you're seeing the same information on the page, it's faster, so easier you for simple, you to consume. So I'll give you a simply sim- because it's being rendered by Chrome and not, you know, X term. I, I was, so a simple, again, simplified example here to illustrate my point with, uh, mm-hmm. with our, with our, with our function explanation here. Um, if I have text that is being displayed parts of the text is going to actually be the the function and what it actually does and how it works right. and so on and so forth console editor that text is all you know whether it's my my app or my description or my code sample it's all the same font, font format layout with the um gui based editors i can increase or decrease relative sizes of different things i can i can change the colors uh so i can have I can very quickly, without actually having to read it, I can very quickly see, okay, that's the name of the method because it's at the top left and it's bold. That's a description because that's, you know, it's written in a description style font. Here's my sample code because it's in a fixed width and I can see that the code, you know, it changes colors based Mm -hmm. on whether or not it's the method uh, function name or a variable. Or the variable, right, yeah. So so you're Or even mandatory versus optional parameters, right? There are- So there are things, there are little Yeah, except for that font are, size, that's wrong. Like I can't mm-hmm. I can't increase the font size on a given tooltip in a console editor. Mm-hmm. But I can change the foreground and background color. I could bold, underlined, italic. I mean, all that stuff is not uh that's that's just not right. You can do all of that in the console. Font size again, font size. I'm not aware like in in my understanding, if we're just going back to and again, uh, we're we're comparing something that Google 
multi-gajillion dollar international enterprise of surveillance capitalism is building and maintaining (laughs) in 2022 to VT100 that DEC put out over 50 years ago, or I guess almost 50 years ago. But it's, I mean, you're the one that's- So the fact that you just rattled off a whole list of things and the only one that's not on my list is font size uh, with a 40-year-old standard? Like, ah, that's that's not as strong of an argument as you might have thought. no, no. Hold on a second here. First of all, you're the one that told me that it's still very popular and very much in use. And so I'm I'm not buying the 40-year- No, no, I'm limiting. So I'm, I'm not considering any new- I'm 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 like I'm I'm using as my frame of reference VT100. So for anybody that's not familiar, uh, Deck put out a system in like at the mid 70s called uh, VT100. Uh, VT stands for video terminal. It became the standards that it set forth for in-band text formatting became the ANSI text in-band control standard. So if you mm-hmm. look, you can find ANSI VT100 codes. And it's all of the different ways, like if you're ever in, um, if you've ever opened up a shell and typed like top or htop, or if you've used Vim or Emacs, uh, the virtual terminal emulator uh, is being controlled. You're redrawing the screen with mm-hmm. these old VT100 codes. So mm-hmm. so what I'm saying is, uh, a deck by the Digital Equipment Corporation, right? Like one of the most famous computer yeah, companies ever. Yeah, DEC. Um, so, so I'm using VT100, and that's forty some years old. And I'm saying that the only thing in your list of stuff that it can't do is font size. So, okay, so let so me. So the bo- formatting, the placement, the colors, the bolding, and all of that kind of stuff is is all possible. Okay, so so I, again, I'm I'm I, I'm using specific examples, but I, I'm going to take a step back and you know, given a certain operation and comparing the um, comparing how that operation looks and feels on the console editor versus how that operation looks and feels in a GUI editor. Again, assuming maximum best potential. So that's oh why, yeah. yeah. So, to what, the so whatever the oh, top, yeah. whatever the top tier is. Yep. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, VT 100 may be 40 years old, but let's assume that it's been continued to be updated and actually has a, you know, very modern up to date expressiveness and is simply there are to, Consoles that's sure. that's kind of the like the low water mark, if you will. Right. Um, the, it has been expanded. There's a whole okay. bunch of other stuff you can't. I just I'm not familiar with. Right. It OK, personally. so you so we go with that. We go with whatever that top tier is on the console side. And then you go with whatever the top tier is that is not restricted to console. It's actually gooey. It can be chromium mm-hmm. based, whatever the hell you want. I I I plant my flag on that. The gooey side is going to be more it more useful, more informative, and just an easier experience to look at and ingest. I'm not talking about how we actually, you know, get there. I'm not talking about menus and point clicks and shortcuts. That's a that's what we were talking about before. And I think that's a separate mm-hmm. argument here. But there's in terms of infomatics, I think the GUI wins every time. Every every time. Like you know, you know, we could we could probably find two things. We we could. We could find two things that are, you know, very, you know, that were corollaries and and looking at the GUI, it's like, you can't tell me that that's not easier to ingest. You just can't tell me that that's not easier to ingest because we've got more so, things yeah, at our disposal I, to make it easier for our human brains to consume it. Right. And what you're talking about there is, is a relative, and I see your point and I, and I, you're making a good point because it, it, I think it is, I think 
most people that don't have their head in the ground would would agree with that statement that it it is simply easier on the eyes easier on the brain to look at and to understand what's going on mm-hmm. and best of the best comparison uh the the GUI's going to win right i think right. where we're not the the ultimate argument though between discoverability and expressiveness is not consumption of a static model right it's but, but it's manipulation of the underlying information okay i'm not ex- elaborate i'm not i'm not following in other words here. in other words the point you're making is valid i don't disagree with you okay so your point is valid i, I thought i heard but a but, but, in but there, editing but, yeah but but uh but editing cr- crafting authoring and modifying software all day is not about consumption of a static model it's about modifying the document mm-hmm. getting done what you need to do mm-hmm. which is why okay so you're i i feel like so i guess the best analogy you may have is like okay if i'm given a completely new code base and i know nothing about it mm-hmm. the test for your argument is do i think it would be easier to navigate explore and begin to understand the code in let's say visual studio as opposed to vim well no we're no we're talking uh, apples and oranges here i'm going to stop you there because i'm talking about an operation while looking at code because by what you just described that you know i would um it would suggest that i would be in support of font changes and you know other you know gooey goodness inside of the code itself which i i i wouldn't be and that flies in the face of most modern code editors most modern code editors even in a rich gooey environment vs code for example it's fixed with all the code is the exact same size and we just do coloration changes because that is that is a very effective tool that's why vim is still really popular you know is still the one of the most effective ways to read and consume uh, programmatic uh, documentation code. You know, it's just you know, still good. What I'm talking about, though, are non, not code, not direct code activity. We use the example of this function. I'm not actually writing the function. I started to write the function, and now I am looking at a documentation. Right now, the system is presented you what it thinks is helpful metadata helpful to metadata. inform your Correct. next action, which is not code. It is information about code, but it's right. not code. And so the rules of the fix with sort of go out right. the, go out the window. So, yeah. the, so that's not the same thing as what you're saying. So if I'm consuming, so your argument is that a, your argument is that a GUI editor is able to leverage mixed media. Yes, that's a good way of putting um, it. Yes, okay, that's a good way of putting uh, you're, it. You're right. I don't know when I have ever seen that done. Well, I mean, we just use the example in in Google Sheets, but um, I I've done it with. Um, uh, okay, but but going back to going back to Sublime and, and Vim though. Yeah. Okay. So, like, so we, when have we ever? When have you ever? Like, I know there was a plugin. At, at least there used to be a plugin. It was either Atom or or VS Code. Uh, when 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 the language runtime threw it threw an error, it would autom- it could automatically search so. And link you to an article in, in SO, right? Because that's, of course, that's that's because, all that's all developer needs. Because right? of course, yeah. Um, 
I have seen. Uh, so I guess you could render that in a pane, like render the the accepted answer in a pane, and you, you could, could render it as that would be an example where that mixed media, that formatting, actually does matter. You can mix. You could uh, you could render. Um, I you could the the file editor and navigation. And yes, I know that consoles have file edit. You know, tiered directory structure navigation, but um, the level of depth and detail that you can describe, I could have the file editor with um, with Git details attached. Uh, I could have uh, with- uh, Which almost, uh, so- Which also happens in console editors, but yep, like yep. I could, uh, you know, with a, you know, mouse over drop down, do, you know, a tooltip expansion of what's changed, how many lines, who changed it, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so the level of the expansion and depth of the information, I think is one thing. The other thing that I think about is presenting um, simultaneous concepts, the uh, complex pro- processes. Um, mm-hmm. find, and, find and replace. I know, again, it's a thing that Vim can do. One of the things that I like most about Sublime is actually how it does find and replace. It gives me a, a specific interface for it. It is a it can be regex based, and then it shows you in a sep in this scrollable main window what it's targeting, what it's going to target, what it's going to do. I see at the in the menu where I'm inputting it, I can see what I did for how my many find. matches. I saw what I'm doing yeah. for replaces. I can see how many matches. I have a button to expand it beyond just that one file and it will tell me then how many changes it will make and how many files. And so again, a console, nothing I just described is impossible in a, in a console based editor. That's not the point. The point is as you get, it's similar to your analogy of uh, similar to your expressiveness of going back 10 paragraphs, you know, the console editor may not is is going to break on the level of depth of complexity of that find replace. It can show all those kinds of things, but how it's going to show them and how I consume them is going to be um, different because of the because of the medium. And I think that you there you know the, the the GUI side of it just offers more. It it just offers more expressiveness. That's why I've always been a. A, a fan. No, it does it. not offer more expressiveness. It offers more discoverability. What you, your Visual example just painted that in Visual stark relief. No, no, you're talking about discoverability. Look, when I type in the regex, it lets me easily discover what it's going to change. It tells me how many it's going to change. It's letting me discover what the impacts of this action are going to be. And if I want to discover other files in the project, it's a click away. Uh, I, I mean, we. we that is. Yeah, I mean, we, you can't. You, I think you you accidentally, and I'm not saying you didn't make a valid argument just then, but that it, I think, also served to point out the difference, the ultimate difference, which is which is this guy's spectrum of discoverability versus expressiveness. I, I, don't, I mean, you're see, this the, is a good nerd fight. This is what I this is what I wanted. This today. is what you wanted. Okay, I'm so glad we gave we gave you what you wanted here. The the with the with the find replace we're drawing a really fine line here between discoverability and expressiveness. You cannot when no, I look because at, you are not expressing that all of that interface helps you understand what you're doing and discover the impacts of it. None of it helps you to more effectively get done what you're going to do. That is what expressiveness uh, means. See, you are the, expressing to the application what your intent is. 
mm-hmm. and having that executed. Uh, I hate to use the word efficiently without defining it, but you are ex- you are expressing your intent to the machine. The way that I express my intent to the machine for, let's say, find all, you know, regex replace all within file is exactly the same as yours. Okay, so you type control H, I type, you know, colon S slash. Yeah. Let's let's hand wave that because we both know it's bullcrap. Yeah. That's what we're doing. There is no difference in expressiveness between these two tools for regex find and replace. Yeah. The difference is in the difference is your application is better discoverability on the back of that. But you are defining... By default. Yeah, but see, the problem that I have with that explanation is that you are defining my act of uh, of the preview of seeing what's going to change. You're defining that as a discoverability benefit, and I'm actually seeing that as an efficiency benefit because if I am trying to change something and I want to know... In adv- I'm making a change and I want to see you know what those changes are... If my change is too broad or too narrow, by looking through the changes, I can see what's going on and I can make adjustments before I make the change, which saves That's discoverability. Me. No, 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 no. No, it's not. It's efficiency, which saves me from having to go back and undo it and redo it. I don't have to do if, a bunch of trial and error. If you didn't know what your regex was in the first place. Right, which goes to the learning curve question. Because if I understand, like, if I know exactly what I want to change, I'm going to change it. Yes, I'm not talking about your. I'm not talking about your ability to understand. I'm not questioning regex. Assume, let's assume we've. What I'm convinced of. What I'm convinced because I know we're at time. What I'm convinced of is that you and I. So when we finish, we both do a listen through of the episode after. Right. I'm convinced we are both going to slap ourselves in the forehead because we're completely missing each other's points. I, I, I feel like you're <laughs> I, on this one. I definitely feel like your, 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 your ship is passing me in the night here on this one, because I, I don't see, this is not a, it's not discoverability of, of, you know, my, my regex in this fine replace, uh, hypothetical we're talking about. It's not, it's not discoverability of that. It's, uh, you know, having crystal clear clarity of what's actually going to, um, be changed, which yes, I like, I see it, I am discovering it, but it's uh, confirming my changes so before they happen. Confirming so that your I, intent. So that I do maybe. not have to go, well, so that I do not have to go back and forth. Um, the best analogy I could give to think about is how often do you Right, do, but undo is a thing, right? Right, that's exactly where I was going with this. How often are you? do you make changes where it's undo, redo, turn it on, turn it off, am I doing this right? Scroll down a little bit more, turn it on, turn it off, see if I'm doing it right, okay? Right. I, I have done that as, you know, if I'm making some kind of broad sweeping change, mm-hmm. I'm going to check everywhere that the broad sweeping change is being impacted and I'm going to go back and forth. The GUI version of this, I see all of that. I just scroll and I look for the highlights and I'm done. Whereas in a console setting that may or may not be available and I would have to, you know, you know, undo, redo, scroll to, you know, scroll a bunch of lines, undo, redo. Is, that's where I was. That's where I was going with it. That's why I said yeah. it's, there's an efficiency argument to be made there. I it's well, there, I mean, there there's a mode where you can just do them one at a time. You know, if there are not, it depends yeah. on how many there are. Right? Yes. Yeah, so you, I think you could check that. That's true. Is it efficiency? Maybe I. 
So I, I think you get how how often are we we regex find and replacing in a file? Like what percentage of overall workflow is that though? We are right? so, so I think I'm, I'm just we're, we're in the this. weeds on we're that so, one. Yeah. I mean, this conversation is so in the weeds. That's, that's why I'm, but that's a good nerd fight. We're in the weeds. Uh, anyway, I'll link the uh, I'll link the video in the show notes because it was it was an interesting watch at least. Yeah, yeah. At least we can both agree that those tabs people are morons. It's just one hundred percent. It's obviously so wrong. Too <laughs> people are obviously so wrong. If you're a tab person, go rethink your life. That's right. That's right. Um, and you can start rethinking your life by checking out the rest of our show because we obviously don't talk about those evil tabs. You can find our show notes and our back episodes, refactor.work. If you want to hear more of Chris's ramblings, you can check him out at Tonkinson.com. He may have some stuff about tabs people and why they're so awful. I and almost certainly have some stuff about those awful tabs, people. You can find my stuff at hotcoles, K-O-E-H-L-S dot com. And this has been Nerdfight 73 of the Refactor Podcast on June 28th, 2022. Have a good one, Chris. Thanks, Frank. You're a good sport. Yeah, you're all right.